And good evening, Los Angeles, California. How's it going out there? It's cold. It is cold, but it's warm in here. It's warm because of the love that is in this room. Heart, heart, heart. Yes, yes, yes. This is the love hour. No, it's not. This is apologetics.com radio where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. I'm your host this evening. My name is John and I'm here with Eric. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going good. Hey, it's been hey. like it's been like a really long time. It's been like since Thanksgiving. Has it really? I think it's even longer than that. Oh it's gosh. been a while since I've been here. There's a lot, a lot of changes. They got floors, they got new floors, studio updates. Oh. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's been a good. It's it's good to be back. They did it for you. Well, I know the whole yeah. the whole radio station Salem uh, Media Group they was like they were like we heard Eric from Apologetics.com Radio is a little discontent. So my my protest my my uh, uh yeah my protest your protest it was heard it was heard and answered. Thank God. Yep. Because I couldn't imagine if you walked. Oh, I was gonna. I was this, close. This radio station man. I was close. We go down in flames. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good to be back. It's good to have you back. I've I've missed a cup a bunch too, but um, I've been here more than you have before. I think sure. last month I was with uh, our friend Andrew. He was in town from uh, the the other side of the pond. Yeah, Andrew's a good guy. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> he's always a good guy. He's actually probably listening right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he calls because sometimes he calls in. Oh my gosh, isn't it like three in the morning? No, I think it's like five or six in the morning. Oh. I think it's like six. I don't know what time it is in London. I don't know. The internet could probably tell us these eight. things. It's 8 a.m.? Oh, my gosh. I think eight hours ahead of us. It's practically lunchtime. Yeah. When is their first tea? Do they have tea? I don't When's know. When's tea time? When is tea time in, in London? This is These are the questions that we're going to explore tonight. I'm just joking, guys. It's good to be back with you. And you know what? Like Speaking of being back with you guys... Uh, I'm serious when I say this. Uh, we are here for you guys. I say this every time because I actually mean it. Like we come into the studio at the the ripe hour of 12 a.m. on Friday to be with you because we actually care about you guys, and uh, we volunteer our time and um, we love answering questions and we'd love to hear from you how it's going. So if you have questions this evening in the area of anything really having to do with the Christian or world worldview in general, but certainly area of ethics, values, religion, of course, apologetics, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And you can give us a call because we're live right now. It's uh, February 3rd at 12.03. Hold up the newspaper so they know. Hold it up. Do you see proof the newspaper? Proof. Proof. That this is a, not a pre-recorded event. And we'd love to hear from you. You can do that by giving us a call at 888 995 K-K-L-A, 888-995-5552. You're amazing. It's like God just spoke. God spoke the phone number of K-K-L-A. You guys hear, heard it here first. Yeah, so 5552. You totally knew I was going to forget that, huh? Yeah, he was waiting. <laughs> well, I've been saying it for like 10 years and I still forget yeah. it. Um, but yeah, we would love to hear from you guys. And also on that same note, guys, if... If you have gained anything uh, from this uh, radio program over the last, I think we've been on air for close to 25 years. I was going to say 30, but yeah, 25. I think it was 20 years, like two years ago, so probably okay. tw 22 years or so. And um, if you've gained anything, we would love, if you haven't already, we'd love to partner with you. And the way that you can do that is you can go to apologetics.com and you can click that donate button and make a tax, deduct tax deductible donation. And every single penny of that goes towards keeping us on the air. It's a listener funded radio program 
and uh, we're just here to have some fun. You know, you've you've had a bunch of fun it's over been, the last couple it's weeks. It's been fun. Yeah, we've had um, weddings. Well, we've had weddings. It hasn't been all fun. It hasn't been all fun. No, uh, had weddings. We've seen family. Uh, had Christmas, New Year's. What's Christmas? That uh, holiday that we celebrate with Santa Claus. Uh, Santa Claus. Yes. Uh, yes. New Year's. New Year's was fun. Did you do anything for New Year's? No. We we stayed up till eleven. Usually we go to bed at nine, Ooh. so it's it's a big deal. Big day, big day. My kids for the first time ever made it to midnight. It's an awful thing. But we had uh, we had a great wedding. My my son got married. Your son did get to, married uh, to a lovely woman. She's pretty like she's way better than him. Yeah. yeah, she is. I've met them both. I was at the wedding. She's great. She's way better than him. My son's great. She's amazing. She's, your son's your son's good. She's great. She's great. No, she's a cool kid. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's your amazing to see your, uh, your kids get married. This is our second son to get married. So. Yeah. Yeah. They're the two oldest. They're the two oldest. And then you have two daughters. Yep. And they're a little bit younger. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, that'll be it'll be interesting. That'll for be interesting. sure. Yeah. I went to the wedding. It's, it's different being the son, the, the, the father well, of the, the groom. I think so. I think so. Father of the brides are completely different. It's role. a different, yeah, it's a different game altogether. Yeah. It's yeah. a different game. It's like, yeah. You want to do what? I said, I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me? Excuse me? Yeah. I didn't hear you right. <laughs> I don't even know you. <laughs> um, I went to the wedding and it was fantastic. I think it was fantastic. It was actually one of the best weddings. I've been to a lot of weddings and it's one of the best I've ever been I've to. I've been to a few weddings myself. This one actually started on time, which, mm-hmm. which is the first for us. We've never actually been to a wedding that started on time. Is that right? You know what I liked best about the wedding? You want to know what I liked? What? Well, I liked a bunch. You guys had chicken and waffles. Yes, we did. Unbelievable. That's right. Unbelievable. So good as like a little appetizer, past Mm -hmm. appetizer during the happy hour or whatever it was. Yes. Cocktail hour. And you guys also had, you invited your son and his now bride, uh, his now wife, invited families so my kids yes. were able to come yes they invited kids so you guys let my entire messy family come yes and then when it came time to eat it was brilliant when it came time to eat they came out and served the kids first and they had chicken fingers and french fries oh i didn't notice that part it was it was so smart for kids for for those for the couple getting married that don't have kids that like was a game changer and then my there kids were, ate at the there buffet. were a lot of kids at the wedding and uh and they all did they did great i mean it it just went so well, the kids were well, well behaved. They, they danced. They had a lot of fun. You could see it on the on the on the dance floor. Oh, my kids danced the whole night. It was great. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for that. Thank You're you, welcome. thank you, thank you. I'm not paying you back. So, <laughs> well, we didn't have to pay for it either. There you go. Yeah, that's another difference between the <laughs> son and the daughter, right? Yeah, right on. Well, no, it's been a it's been a eventful couple months for you guys. You've had some ups and downs and stuff, and I think everybody has. Sure. And um, yeah, so tonight. Should we talk about our topic or should we just keep, I always, I don't know if people actually care about our lives and like we update each other. No, they other. do. I don't think they I've do. I've seen letters. You have? Yeah. Actual handwritten letters? Yes. Sent in? Telegrams. <laughs> uh, what was that? What's the old like? Western Union. Western Union. <laughs> <laughs> the guy shows up with yeah. a bicycle. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy the show. Stop. <laughs> you guys are funny. Stop. <laughs> Keep bantering. Stop. Keep bantering. Stop. Eat where each letter costs you like a, like a, you know, you have to remortgage your house to send a letter and it arrives by Pony Express. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know if they like our banter or not, but guess what? I like it. I like it because we get to hang out yeah. and talk together. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We're all doing stuff. I've been super busy. Yeah, you've been, been tra- traveling a lot. Traveling a ton. Yep. Yeah. My day job is not this. Mm-mm. I work at Stand to Reason as a full-time Christian apologist and speaker and writer. And it's been insane, actually. It's actually about to get really insane. I was looking at my schedule. And so normally, like, because I'm kind of the new guy on the block at that Stand to Reason. So any event that comes up, I'm just like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll take it, take it, take it. Well, now I'm looking at my schedule. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm traveling like eight weeks in a row. Yep. Say yes till you till you can say no. Yeah, I guess, but I don't like saying no, because no, like, you're good. You're you're, you're good about good. that, man. You you will take on any challenge, any yeah. speaking engagement, and uh, it's fun and just rock it. It's fun, man. I have a good time, but yeah, I was just up in Northern California. And I was in Texas, and then I forget where I was. I'm going to Dallas in like two weeks, and then after that, no, we were in Minneapolis, then Philadelphia. Oh, Philly. Philly. You were there or going? I'm going. Oh. And then, I don't know where else. I forget. Uh, Augusta, Georgia, which is always a fun event. We have these reality student apologetics conferences. So, hey, guys, if you are in the mood for some apologetics, you can go. We Next year in September, we'll be in Bi- at Biola University. It's our second year there. Next year? Not this year? Th- we already had it September. So we had it in September. Oh, so this year, this yes. Year. Okay. This year, September, sorry. September will be in at Biola. And uh, uh, we have not found a location for 2025. So if you're listening and you guys are involved in a somewhat large church, we'd love to hear from you because um, we are looking for a venue. Well, this this, attract, this attracts like thousands of people, right? So, yeah, every I think every location sells out now. That includes Minneapolis. We are at the largest church in the state, it holds 4,000, and we sell 4,000 tickets. Wow. And it's 4,000 students. We used to be at Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa, and we had, I think, 2,500 students there. Biola sold out the first year at Biola. That was 2,800 or something. Yeah, it's crazy. It's nuts. It's so much fun. Yeah. We just have a, a good time. A lot of good topics. A lot. Of, we hit up the hard topics of the day. Kind of like the topic we we're going to talk about tonight. Well, like in the, in the um, I haven't been to a reality conference, but my, my son has. But actually, both my sons, I think, have gone. Yeah. And uh, they always come back, um, just the variety of topics. But it's the personal things afterwards, you, you, especially you. You give your, your speech mm-hmm. or your topic. Um, you present a, a controversial topic. But then you spend time with the students afterwards to talk more about Always. It. That's yeah. really, I mean, I think that people really appreciate that. That's like a thing that we do at Standard Reason, we believe about, <clears throat> like, we don't, we don't hide in green rooms and stuff like this. We actually want to, like, I'm there for the students and, and especially at a student conference. I mean, I speak a lot to adults too. It's the same thing. But like at these, it's, we're there for the students and we want to actually engage the students because uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but it's a, it's getting hairy out there. <laughs> it's a, it is a wacky world. Yeah. <laughs> like what's going on? <laughs> you know? So anyways, yeah, people are crazy. You know what? No, it like people, I'm going to start our topic. Because people are, everybody, I just feel like everybody's at everybody else's throat. Yes. And you cancel culture is everywhere. Yes. yes. And it kind of, it, it like, and, and there's a lot of preference, preferencing that I'd like to begin with, but like we're, I, I want to talk tonight specifically now, what, 12 minutes into the show, 10 minutes into the show. I want to talk about the controversy that's happening with Alistair Begg right now. Um, just to give a little bit of background here, Alistair Begg, Alistair Begg is a pastor um, I think it's Parkside Church. Parkside Church in, in Cleveland. Cleveland. Yeah. 
uh, big church. He has been a faithful pastor forever. I mean, we're talking like almost 40 years, I think. Mm-hmm. And he is, uh, of all the people, of all the pastors, like the, the, I'm using air quotes, like the celebrity type of pastors, like these mega church pastors, like I'm thinking the John MacArthur's and yep. um, Matt Chandler's and all of these guys, Alistair Begg is my favorite. And I think it's because of his faithfulness. And I mean, we, we don't align on every issue in here. I don't, I certainly don't align with him on this issue, but I'm willing to give him a benefit of the doubt. Why? Because he's my brother and he's faithful and he seems like a good man. He does like a, a like a legitimately a, a good man. And then, so a couple months back, he, I think it comes from an article he wrote or a book or whatever. He made a comment or maybe it was during a sermon. He made a comment where he was giving uh, hypothetical advice to a, a grandmother that was posed with the question whether or not she should go to her granddaughter's uh, same-sex wedding or trans wedding. Trans wedding, or something, yeah. trans wedding right? And um, it's a transgender wedding was what, you, what he said. And Alistair Begg, uh, he, he said, and, um, and I'm going to quote uh, from, his, from his program. He said, well, here's the thing. Your, your love for them, he's talking about the the her the grandmother's the the hypothetical grandmother's family your love from them may catch them off guard but your absence will simply reinforce the fact that that, um, that they said these people are what I always thought judgmental critical unprepared um, and uh, unprepared to countenance anything right so Alistair Begg in the process of lending advice this uh, supposed grandmother hypothetical grandmother. Uh, said that he would recommend going to the wedding, not only going to the wedding, but go to the wedding and bring a gift. gift, And this was a couple months back where he gave this, like three or four months back, I think. And September, I think it was. September, I think is where the original thing came from. And you can listen to this on at truthfullife.com. We're not going to play it now. Actually, you know what? I think KKLA plays Alistair Begg during the week. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how recent, I don't know how backed up they are in their sermon log, but this last week, he, Alistair Begg, added clarifying remarks in his sermon to his congregation. And, uh, and I listened to the entire thing, and I thought it was helpful, and I didn't change my opinion of what he said. Um, so he's lending advice. He's saying to be a, a, a witness and to show love, and to, I think what he's saying, and this is what he clarified, is in order to... Uh, preserve the relationship between a grandmother and a trans granddaughter, he recommended that the grandmother attend the wedding. And in the background, he added context. He asked the question, does this granddaughter know that you are not in favor of this? And they said, yes, so you can go. And so Alistair said, go and bring a gift. He actually said, wrap up a nice Bible and give them the word of God. And he said that that will be in one way. Uh, show your love uh, for that person. Now, since uh, since then, there has been uh, a, an incredible response online. I mean, there are people that are comment. They're coming out of the woodwork, man. I've read comments by people uh, that I'm friends with. They're calling for his resignation as a pastor, saying that he's completely out of line and he's out of touch and he's going woke and you can't trust him. And he needs to not only be quiet, but he needs to to resign. And um, I don't think that's the right and proper response here. I um, I don't agree with his advice. I, 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 I personally would not go or recommend going to a uh, supposed same-sex marriage like ceremony 
or a supposed trans. I say supposed because I don't think they're actually marriages. I don't think like marriage actually means, and we're going to get into this maybe, yeah. but marriage actually means something. So I actually don't think they're wedding ceremonies. They're, uh, they, they're something different. But I don't think a lot of things that we would consider wedding ceremonies are wedding ceremonies. For example, when two people go to get married by a judge of the state, I do not believe that that is uh, a form like a, an actual marriage. I mean, it can be, but I don't think it needs to be. Hmm. I, I think a marriage is, is, uh, is something that God does, not man. And uh, therefore, if God is not lending his blessing to it, it's not an actual marriage. That's why I said it could be, but not always. Most of the time, the people who get married by the state and the state official, a judge or whatnot at the courthouse, I would say are not, I don't want to say they're not Christian because I don't know their heart, but I, I would say that most of the time it's, it's not with Christian intentions. So that's not their, their main concern isn't God there. It's, yeah, it's legal contentions. It's legal. Yeah. yeah it's, it's in, in the eyes of the state. And uh, a state-sanctified marriage is clearly different than a God-sanctified mm-hmm. marriage because we live in a world where the state sanctifies all different types of marriage. Um, and according to God, there's only one, right? One man, one woman, one, woman. one flesh, one life. Mm-hmm. And I need to be very clear about this up front because I'm going to start getting what, what some people would probably categorize as soft on this a little bit. But I am, uh, I am holding firm to the biblical understanding of marriage. I do not condone, I don't think, going myself. I would not go to a same-sex or a transgender supposed wedding. I don't recommend it because I think it's a bad Christian witness. I think it misrepresents uh, the idea of uh, what God uh, has defined as marriage. So um, I think like it, and I think it overlooks God's, um, uh, God's identity of male and female. You know, I, I think for a number of reasons I can give as to why I wouldn't um, attend uh, a same-sex or trans uh, wedding. I think it upsets heaven. Um, I think uh, I think that it does in some way celebrate sin, and uh, you know, I, like I think that it's it, it's a it's a it's it's supposed, the wedding is supposed to be a celebration of a covenant, and I think that the, these ceremonies they actually defile. Um, the covenant that's made and in, in one sense they'd actually define it defile the drama of of christ in the church because christ in the church the metaphor that we understand their relationship is in the context of bride and groom um so yeah so anyways so these are the things i i hold to but with that i can understand why somebody would not agree with me and advise that somebody else maybe attend a wedding like for example if a grandmother <laughs> who has been faithful in her proclamation of Christian ethics her entire life to her family has a granddaughter who is not claiming to be Christian and who is indeed uh, wanting to get married to a trans person. I could see to preserve that relationship. I could see that grandmother attending that ceremony. Um, And I think some of the reasons why we have a harsh reaction to that is because there's some assumptions, hidden assumptions that are made that aren't necessarily true. One of the things I hear often is, well, what are you going to do when the minister or whoever's doing the wedding says, if there's anybody here who does not agree, speak your piece or or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have been to probably 20 weddings. 
I could be wrong, but I would say the vast majority of them do not include that. Your son's wedding did not I happen. I don't remember hearing that, no. Just, just recently, right? Right. I didn't hear it. I didn't have it at my wedding, you know. I'm pretty sure we didn't have it at ours, but it was a long time ago. So we're presuming that the, the minister or whoever's presuming. The other thing is, well, you're coming to this altar, the altar. This is happening at the altar. Well, if this person's not a Christian, there's no altar. Right. It's an offense to God. Well, maybe, but any marriage that's outside a Christian context is an offense to God, I think. Right? If, if marriage is a representation of Christ to the church... So like, okay, yeah, push back. I'm, I'm happy. Like, I hope that you disagree with me at some point here, Eric, but, uh, cause I could be wrong and I'm open to that. But like, for example, my brother is an atheist. His wife is an atheist. They got married and the person performing the wedding for them was a gay man. They read some, some poems to each other as their vows. My sister-in-law's poem was equating my brother to a catfish or something. And there was no mention of God whatsoever. Not only did I attend that wedding, but I was in that wedding. Well, I, is so that I, offensive to God? I, I would ask, if, was that a marriage at all? Can, well, you, can you have marriage outside of marriage? So there you go. Marriage? So that, that's a good question. If it's not a marriage, is it a wedding ceremony? Because what happens at wedding ceremonies? The, you get the blessing of God. People get married. Yeah. So if it's not, if it's not a marriage, and is it a wedding ceremony? Or I could see an instance, I could honestly see an instance, and feel free to call, guys, 888-995-5552, 888-995-KKLA, and I'm happy uh, to, to have you yell and scream at me or disagree with me um, on this. And keep in mind, it's all in the context that both Eric and I affirm a biblical understanding of sexual ethics. We affirm that that marriage is only between one man, one woman, one flesh for one life. But I could see, for example, say... My father, this is not true, but say my father, my mom and my dad have been divorced for longer than they were married, and that's true. But say my father came out as being gay, same-sex attracted, and he wanted to marry another man. And he asked me if I would be able to attend the wedding. Now, in my context, I probably would not go. But I could see an instance where you would go to your father's wedding, your father's wedding. Um, Eric just splashed tea, hot tea in his face. <laughs> That's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Right. The eyeballs. <laughs> I wish we had cameras. We got to stop broadcasting this live video. So anyways, what, so, so the, the thought process is, is that you, you're not going to go. I could see an instance where you would go. I could see an instance where, uh, it, it's been put to me th that, you know, I wouldn't, somebody that I'm close to has said, I wouldn't go to, uh, I would not go to any wedding, which I wouldn't feel comfortable performing the ceremony. Well, then my question is my brother as an atheist, I wouldn't per perform that ceremony because they're atheists. I wouldn't perform it. I don't feel comfortable. Now I'm not saying that's necessarily wrong. It's a whole nother discussion. I wouldn't perform it. Or how about a Hindu wedding? I, what if, if your friends are Hindu and they want to do it, they're getting married in a traditional Hindu wedding. I'm certainly not going to perform a Hindu wedding, but I've gone to a Hindu wedding. I'll go to another one. They're really fun. You know, there's some of the, I mean, my buddies lasted like seven days. It was fantastic. Oh my gosh. You know? And so, you know, like there's instances where I can, where I look at certain things and, 
in a morally comparable situation, we justify it, attending uh, something. And then here we, we don't. And I think that we're being inconsistent sometimes. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Eric? I've been talking a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. Um, so, the, I mean, the first point that I wanted to bring up was the, the, the concept of what a, what a marriage is. And, and is it a marriage or is it just a party? Yeah. Right. That, those are things to consider. Um, well, do you even you need know, to go to the party? Well, <laughs> what about what about not going to the reception? Just going to the ceremony portion. Well, what's, but what's the point of going to the ceremony? To, to witness what? That's a good question, right? right? Why, why are you even going? So, so I, I mean, in the one sense, I, I see what Alistair Begg is trying to say. He's trying to he's trying to say that you know you, you can witness to this person. You know, I, I can witness to the stripper by going to the strip club, right? It's it's not much. You different. could. You but could. should I? <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't advise it. Right. But I could. I but but uh, I could. I could. I could see you standing outside the strip club. Though, so the question is: the question is: is it that that like? I don't think that adds clarity. I think it adds. It speaks to the question. The question is: is it sinful to attend a, a so-called gay wedding or the trans wedding? I don't see how it's. I don't sinful. even know what a trans like. I don't. Anyways, you can't because, have a trans wedding because I, I go back to the point: is it, it's not a marriage, it's not a wedding, it's not, it's it's not something that's being that's being condoned or blessed by, by God. God. Now, I guess <laughs> I suppose if you had Christian gay Christians getting married, that might be a different story, because now they're coming to God asking for His blessing. Well, that would be a well, yes. I think actually that brings clarity. I, I mean, that would be a clear no. To me, right, because now you can talk to them as brothers in Christ. Yeah, so well, you, you can call them doing... to the standard of right. the law, right? Yes, right? And and it's the same thing. Hey, hey, Eric, why don't you come over my house and we can watch a bunch of porn? Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, th- that doesn't make any sense, right? You know, as as Christians, as Christians. it's the same thing with with uh, homosexuality. So if it's not if it's not a Christian marriage, if it's not a Christian, then is it a marriage at all? I mean, is it a biblical marriage? Well, it's definitely say. no. It's not a marriage. It's like, a legal. It's a, certainly a legal. Right, but I condition. think this is an instance where the state gets it. It gets it incredibly wrong. I, th- I think a marriage is something like you can. Ca- okay. So it's just like anything else. An ashtray, right? An ashtray is, is, has a purpose. Like you can call an ashtray food and you can try to eat it, but it's not going to nourish you. So just because we, just because we take a label and, and label something as it doesn't make it that thing. Marriage is, is specific because, because marriage isn't something that we invented. Marriage is something we discovered. Marriage is, is, it was invented and given to us by God. Right. We discovered that institution because God told us about it. Right, I, but I think the state had it right, and they don't have it right now because the state used to follow the law of God, well, and that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother story. But anyways, I think that this is good. Uh, this is good food for fodder, th- thought, thought fodder. for fodder, fodder, fodder for thought, fodder for thought, fodder for thought. I don't know. It sounds like a horse, like a racehorse, yeah. like the Kentucky Derby. It's fodder the hot. Fodder the hot is in second. <laughs> anyways, well, we're gonna fodder the hot out of here, and it's gonna be a break. Uh, 90 seconds or so, and we'll be back. This is Apologetics.com Radio. And we're back. Makes you want to do karate, right? Aya! Aya, you are here at Apologetics Karate Awa. <laughs> no? You're shaking your head. We're going to get HR letters. Yeah. It's okay. It's not my fault. I was born this way. <laughs> uh, this is John. 
It's apologetics.com radio, where we challenge believers to think and thinkers to believe. And we're in studio, live, and in charge. I'm here with Eric. Spilling tea on our faces. Yeah, I can't believe that was like amazing. I picked up my glass and it, the, the tea bag fell and splashed and hit me right it in the eyes. jumped you right in the <laughs> eyes. Yeah, dude, I saw that. Your tea was attacking you. There's, there's chai everywhere. There's chai. You <laughs> spilled your chai. Uh, yeah, well, I'm glad that you still have eyesight. Because yeah. thank God it's not like scalding hot water. That could have been bad. We would have called the, the 911. Yeah, oh. that would have made for well, it wouldn't have made, made for great for radio. Show. But if it was TV, we would have gone oh, yeah. viral and be rich and famous. Yeah. Speaking of rich and famous, yes, Alistair Begg. I don't know that he's rich. No, I don't think so. He, I have no he's idea. He's old. I think he's in the seventies, right? Oh yeah, probably. He's been around. He's for been around hour. for a long time. It's a solid guy, solid preacher. Right? Solid. Solid. I mean, like so solid. So like, let's keep in the context that like. Let's see here. Two or three weeks before, let me see if I can find it really quickly while you while you guys are listening to the amazingness of my voice here. Uh, find, oh man, Romans. I used to listen to Alistair Begg on the way to work, and I and I always saw his his you know aside from the accent, which is very attractive. Um, he his his preaching was always spot on. He he wouldn't shy away from controversial issues. He would um, he he would he would. I think he would speak the truth. Uh, of of the Bible into into situations, uh, so that's why it's so surprising to hear him give this advice and not back down from it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I guess that's why people are in in shock about it. But like listening to him, this is like we we differ on this. Like I listened to his last sermon. Mm-hmm. Listening to him, I I think he made a couple of reasons like very clear to me as to why he's landed how he's landed. And one of them is that that um, he I really liked what he said in his last sermon from this last Sunday. He said uh, that he recognizes the fact that that these issues they're they're in need of nuance. And I feel like the nuance portion is something that American evangelicalism in general gets wrong. We want to black and white everything. Everything is clear cut. Put them in this box. Put in that box. That's what Begg says. <coughs> Excuse me. And then he goes on to ex, uh, express the sentiment that that Begg does this that he's not he's not the product of American fundamentalism but of British evangelicalism. And, and I think that this distinction is, um, is, it's worthy of mention here because especially in the context of nuance and hard lines, because like, for example, okay, so he says that he's like the product of people like John Stott and these other, these other great British thinkers, where if you read them, they're a little bit more like, they're not wobbly in a bad sense. Like they, they, they're orthodox in that their beliefs are right. But like they're a little bit more forgiving, I think, and a little bit more comfortable with the with the 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 mud. Like they they'll be in the mud a little mm-hmm. bit more than than having to have everything just be a straight line, clean cut. And and this is where I think American fundamentalism gets a lot of gets, gets a lot wrong, and we overreact. Well, that's just it. So I think I think Beg. Uh, you're exactly right. He he gives an explanation, so he's not. This isn't flippant. It's clear he wrestled with the issue. He he cleared. He clear, he clearly still thought about it. He clearly gave it a lot of thought. Looked stuff up. You know, figured things out. And he landed on one side or the other. He landed on this other. And side. he says he says I'm I, I could be wrong here. Mm-hmm. He he literally says in his last sermon he says I have people on my staff that think I'm wrong here, but we should be able to have the discussion. Right. You know, and instead, what what happens is, is we see cancel culture creeping into the church, and when cancel culture creeps into the church, that's not Christian thinking, right? 
you know, that's, that's, that's influence from the culture. And what, what do we want to do? Well, we want to shut them up. And no matter, no matter how many years of faithful service, keep in mind also, guys, just a couple weeks before, he's preaching on Romans at his church, like hardline passages where he's speaking against homosexual relationships mm-hmm. and condemning, just like the Bible does, these relationships, not these people, keep in mind, but the relationships, the, the, the action, right? And then he's also, also, just a few months ago, I read an article where he got protested on a college campus by the LGBTQ plus folks because of the message he was sharing as, you know, as being hateful. Mm-hmm. And he got protests and a huge demonstration happened during his talk where all of these LGBTQ plus supporters stood up in protest and walked out on him. And do we think that that's coming from somebody who is muddying the waters or somebody who's, who's uh, compromising? I don't think so. And so in this instance, I think he's a good man and we need to give him the benefit of the doubt. Do I agree with what he said? No, I don't. I don't agree with that. I can understand why he would give that advice. I don't agree with it. Right. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? It, it totally makes sense. Yeah, I agree, I, I agree with you. I, I think that he shouldn't. I think I agree with you. I don't think he should have given that advice because I don't think it's, well, again, it comes back to, for me, it comes back to the to the marriage and the, and the, the definition of marriage. Um. But, you know, like I said, he 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 did think about this and he did come to he explained his his rationale and his conclusion. So we should be able to talk rationally about how he got to that conclusion, not just jump straight into, you know, let's cancel him. Let's get him out of here, uh, which is what a lot of people have done. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's it's not a good culture and it's not it's not a good look for Christians. I mean, we are not helping our cause at all. We're not helping the cause of, of Christ at all by doing this. Yeah, um, we're we're damaging a, a man who's who's uh, who's been a a, a pillar of of uh, pastoring in, in in America. I I 100% agree, and it I feel like it's what what's happening is is uh, can't, so cancer culture is a culture of bullying, mm-hmm. right? And on the Christian worldview, there's no room for bullying. And, and, uh, and because I think, I think what happens is, is the reason why cancer culture is such an important thing to be talking about is because I think it starts with the difference of a differing of ideas, you know, it it ends with the willful and and public, uh, destruction of other human beings. And that's what's happening with Alistair Begg, you know, already one major news outlet, I don't know where Salem is, but I, I, one major news outlet has, has canceled him off of their radio programs, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, there's, there's talk of him being disinvited to certain conferences, one here in Southern California at uh, the Shepherds conference, Mm -hmm. you know, because of these things as if this is like, but what happens is, is like, what we do is I think we conflate a, a man with a bad idea and we aren't the sum of our ideas. That's not who we are. We're image bearers. <coughs> well, we also say, oh, good. No, no, keep going. Yeah, we, so what were you going to say? We also say, we also use this as an opportunity to puff up ourselves. We're better than him because we're right and he's wrong. Yeah, I think, I think, I think, I think that that true. happens. Yeah, I think there's a pride, a mm-hmm. certain, certain semblance of pride in this. And we should be able to disagree with the man mm-hmm. while also supporting the fact that he's done more for the the kingdom than than most people uh who are seeking to his demise and, and this isn't uh i don't think this is a salvational issue well right? i don't think like, it is a like salvation if he came issue. out and said you don't need to believe in jesus christ in order to be saved that would be a completely different problem i think 
than than what he said. One hundred percent. You know what is crazy? On this note, there are people, good people, colleagues of mine, not at Stand the Reason, but certainly mainstream, famous Christian apologists who deny certain, I think, central doctrines of the Christian faith. There are mainstream Christian, I'm not going to name them, but there are mainstream Christian apologists who deny original sin. They deny original sin and nobody calls them out or they deny inerrancy. They deny inerrancy of the the scriptures. Well, this is, Hmm. but this is just the world we live in. (coughs) Excuse me. But nobody is calling them out. But then when Alistair Begg says something like this, and this is a whole nother thing. This is a whole nother thing. This is all, uh, I think, because of uh, the cancer that is social media. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. If this was uh, 35 years ago, this would be a non-starter. People in, in Begg's church would have heard this, and then they would have had to wrestle with it locally. And then maybe if there was a problem, his elders would have to deal with it. And that's why we rely on church governance. It wouldn't have even made the papers. No way. No. It's because it's not it a story. An, it would have been an internal issue with the church. With the church, that. and they would have dealt with it or not. So here again, you know, we're, 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 we're sacrificing this guy for clicks. I think that's true. I think p- part of it is is like you want to post that. Um, man, I'm not going to be able to find well, it on the fly it, here. It, I'm going to post this, and it makes me look good. 100%. It makes me look like on the right side. And by the way, I get some money because you're clicking on my link. Yeah, 100%. I, I think that that has something to do with it, where 35 years ago, this is a non-story. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I think maybe what we need, to, and it's also a lot easier, like how many times I, I can't, this is why I don't participate in social media really at all anymore, because I used to, but I've, I've, I've never had anybody, I've certainly never had anybody repent and in the middle of a conversation be like, wow, I'm so glad that you showed me the love of Christ. Like I came around and now I agree with you. I mean, I've had people reach out and say, well, thanks for defending the Orthodox view or whatnot on online. But it's also like so many times it's so easy for people just to be mean. Oh yeah. And you're sitting behind a keyboard. You're not actually. Yeah. 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 And what we do is we say, well, this guy is a, is an international star. He's a preacher. So therefore he's, he's a public figure so we can address him publicly. And it's just like, well, maybe, but, but should you? You know, should you? And because I think it just it just looks it, I think this makes Christians look bad. Um, oh, it absolutely does. I think it makes us look bad and, and unstable in many ways. I mean, we're kind of going after our own uh, our own people, so to speak. Um, yeah. But, and, well, and, and also on a topic that's controversial and uh, already a hot, a hot topic for people to, to already not like it. So we're talking about something that. Um, that the uh, that the LGBTQ people are already upset us, uh, uh, at us about. It's just more evidence that that we do hate them. So so in a sense, we're kind of fulfilling what what Beg says is if you don't attend the wedding, we're just confirming that uh, we're already uh, what what do you say already uh, not unprepared and and hateful. Unprepared and hateful. Yeah, I think there's a point there. You know. And again, I don't agree with his advice. Like, I wouldn't like that. that I'm, I'm, I'm clear on this. Like, I disagree with the man on this, but I, I do respect his. I, I respect him as a thinker. I respect him as a pastor. And I don't. I, and who knows? And in five years, we might be looking back at this conversation and be like, "Oh man, I can't believe it. Like, we didn't see it." You know, well, we have Ravi right now, right? Ravi in the in 
in the recent past, oh, <coughs> Rabbi Zacharias, Zacharias yeah. who, um, yeah. I mean, huge moral failings. And at first, nobody wanted to believe that. And there was, uh, but, mm-hmm. but I don't think that this is a similar situation. I don't, I don't think what we have here, or it's not like, a, um, uh, who's the guy in Texas? We were just talking about him. Um, Andy Stanley. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. It's not like an Andy Stanley situation. You know, I, I Andy Stanley, I think is off the, uh, off the reservation, right? Well, on these issues. And it's very clear. And this is a man who I think speaks out of both sides of his mouth. I think he says, Oh, we uphold the, the biblical definition of marriage. However, you know, we're going to host these kinds of conferences and I'm going to hire, you know, pro LGBTQ plus people. I'm going to hire gay pastors and things like this. But um, but in this instance, that's not what I, that's that's not what I think is happening here, and I and I think that uh, that we need to give Alistair Begg the benefit of the doubt, and allow his reputation to stand on the I don't know, hundreds of things I agree with on him, and the one piece of bad advice that he's I'm, and I'm sure over the course of his ministry, I'm, the course of my ministry, I have given people very bad advice, you know, on very serious things. I'm sure I have. If there are things that I wish I could, like when I was a new pastor. I mean, people are not always like people don't always understand what happens when you become a pastor. It's not like you're like, still a person. Yeah, and you also don't go to like. I mean, I went to seminary, but like, I, <laughs> seminary teaches you certain things. Like, it teaches you, you know, certain mm-hmm. things, but it doesn't teach you how to pastor. It's like law school. Law school teaches you stuff that that once you get to become a lawyer, you realize you didn't learn anything about becoming a lawyer in law school. And it's the same thing with a pastor, you know? And so you're faced with very difficult situations and you're just kind of thrown into the mix mm-hmm. and you have to figure it out oftentimes. Hopefully, in, in, if you're at a, a, hopefully, best case scenario is you get to serve under somebody or you have the support of a fantastic elder board that can sew into you and help you through situations. But I mean, I'm thinking when I was a brand new pastor trying to figure it out, man, I'm sure I gave some awful advice. I mean, and I'm sure that the way I spoke to people wasn't appropriately either. You know, it was very bold and blunt and, uh, you know, you have to learn how to temper that and understand mm-hmm. that you need compassion and love for people. And that's something that's learned, you know, through experience. And that's not, that's, that's not absence. It's not absent in the, in Begg's comments, right? I think he, he, uh, he, he uh, pads his comments with, with this is, uh, this is the reason that we're doing this is out of love. It's out of love and respect. Like we're doing this for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a comment here. Um, I would have liked to talk to James. Uh, James says he, he called in and he says that it's, uh, it's wrong to have gay marriages. And as a believer, no one should be a, attending gay weddings. I agree. Right. We agree. Mm-hmm. Right. Wrong. When we say it's wrong, that means it's against the law of God. It's offensive to God. I'd say that gay marriages don't exist. But, well, see, that's, that's two different things. But he goes on. So, okay. okay. What do you mean? It's two different things. Well, do gay marriages exist? No, I don't think you can if have. If they don't a gay exist, marriage. then there's no problem with a Christian going to them. Yeah, I, but I understand. I understand. And then, he, but then the next part, I, I understand why it's wrong because I don't. Because I do think what you're doing is by attending. I, it's like voting. This is my huge problem with the voting issues, like which I can't even get into right now. But like, I'll get in trouble. <laughs> but voting isn't just a passive thing, and attending a wedding isn't a passive thing. Attending something is is you're taking a stance on something. So I think I, I understand the, the principle that in a, going to in attendance to something is in a way or at least can be construed as supporting that thing. Like when you go to a benefit dinner, you're going you're not going to go to a KKK benefit dinner. Right. Why? Because you don't want to be associated with the KKK yeah. and you don't yeah. support them. But when I go to like a baseball game, I'm not supporting baseball. I'm just watching a game. 
Well, I think you, I mean, I, well, you're affirming the sport and like in your enjoyment of it and stuff like this. But, but it's, me, it's about me. It's not about the sport. Well, it is about you, but it's about your enjoyment of it. Hmm. So it's something that you enjoy and that you like, that you want to participate with because you endorse in some way what's happening in front of you. Because if something happened in baseball, like, for example, when the the sisters of the... Oh, right. The, the nun people. The nun. The, the, yeah. the, when that happens, you saw a huge protest. Yeah. People didn't go to that game for that reason, or at least that part of it, the, the, pre, the, the pregame stuff. Because they weren't going to endorse that because they knew that their attendance there meant something. And it's the same thing with a wedding. I think your attendance there. <clears throat> now, like I said, with Beg, I can understand a situation where you're where everybody involved in this scenario understands that you disagree with what's happening, but because you love this person, not because you're affirming what they're doing, it's clear, but because you love them and, and your relationship with them means something you're going to go. Well, I know you want to get on with the topic. Well, he says, well, his, his comment here ends with this. So he says, this is James. He says, it's wrong to have gay marriages. And as a believer, no one should be attending gay weddings. I agree. It, it, and then he says, the second sentence, it's wrong and the pastor in question should be canceled and to be held accountable for it. The, pa the pastor, wait, for Beg. giving the advice or for Beg. holding the wedding? Beg. I know, but. He's saying Alistair Begg for the advice. This is the way I take this comment. Alistair Begg for the advice that he gives needs to be held accountable, but he needs to, it says he needs to be canceled. Well, then wait. And, so, and James, I disagree with that. Well, I agree that he should be held accountable. Everybody should 100%. be held accountable for whatever they say. Should he be canceled? That's no. Yeah. I don't think we as Christians cancel people, right? I, you know, well, we do. Well, we shouldn't. We sh no, no, we should. No, I don't think we should be canceling people. Not like, not like the culture does. You know, because I think uh, if, you know, because cancel, I think cancel culture is a, the, the philosophy under it is built on the idea that that power shapes like all social relationships. If, if you and don't I have to be if I, if I have power over you, I can force you to do my will rather than um, than work towards negotiating a common ground or a solution. So I think cancel culture culture is a culture of force which I don't think the Christian should ever be that way. Well, well cancel is a, is a kind of a different category of things, but I, I think it's an irrational knee-jerk reaction to, to events that we can't handle, I think. Sometimes. I, I think it's not, it's, not a careful, it's not a careful consideration of things. Like, like, well, it's against the cancel culture. Like, you know, on, 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 on the cancel culture methodology or thinking or philosophy, dialogues between people, I think, are reduced um, yeah, they're just to, to binaries, black and white. Yeah, yeah, wrong, power right struggles. It's, yeah. it's all about power struggles yeah. between groups that they belong to. And, and I think as a result, there's a breakdown of relational discussions and, and rational discussions and, and reasonable negotiations between people. And, and so you don't want to even have the conversation anymore. It's just like, shut up. But the, the brother who refuses to repent eventually has to leave the church. But that's not canceled. That's canceled. No, I don't think it is. I think that's consequences to actions. I don't think it's a canceled, not in the way that I'm talking about cancel culture. That's what I'm saying. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a, I, I think there is a cancel that we do and there's a cancel that's irrational. Can, when you, the way that you're saying, when, when somebody comes to church and say, say you have somebody who come into church and they caught, caught in sin and you do the Matthew 18 yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you, and then eventually you ask them to leave. I don't think that that's an assertion of power at that point. That's a, no, you're right. that's a it's representation of uh, discipline carried out in a proper and appropriate way. Right. You're protecting the flock and you're also help, 
hopefully pushing that person in the right direction. And you're also do, doing it all with the hopes that they'll they'll come back. That's right. Cancel culture, canceling someone doesn't do that. You just want to shut that person up and take what they have. And that's why I see what happening with Beg right yeah. now. That's really concerning. Yes. You know, it, it, James said here, it's wrong and the pastor in question should be canceled. And I, 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 if he calls the back, I, I can get him on there, although we only have a couple minutes left. But, you know, I'd like to know what he means by canceled. Like, like right. shut up. Like, like canceled. His, his radio program needs to be off the air. His so 40 preaching. years of, of awesome means ministry nothing. means nothing. Yeah. Means uh, nothing. But it's also not a ticket to, to, to sin or to, to, to give bad advice either. So. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 in a sense James is right. We need to hold him accountable. 100%. I think, I think that the 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 consequence is not canceling. It's not Well, I think I I I think in this instance holding somebody accountable like what we do is we have this idea that we have to punish people. It's like I disagree with him and he's not my pastor. Mm-hmm. He 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 affects me in no way. He's not I don't turn to him for like real spiritual guidance. I mean, I listen to his show cuz I I think he's he's wise. I glean uh, theological insights certainly from sure. him, but also like I, 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 none of us should be blindly following one man anyway. Right. You know? That's right. Exactly so it's right. like, uh, you know, I mean, I think that there's room for this, um, this discussion, but the discussion should happen when, when I see cancel, what I see is like, I don't want any discussion. I see a total power play and it's a, and, and I think that this is a, this, this stems out of a, it's a, it, I mean, it's a battle over the fundamental reality of who we are as, as human beings. You know, can, cancel culture is going to, uh, it, it seeks to define us. And, and this is what we see happening with Beg. Cancel culture seeks to define us and judge us by either what group we belong to or our most recent mistakes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take into account the whole person, right? And then that's why you or, can- Or even the context of what happened. Or even sometimes the context of what happens, Yeah. You know, and, and, and I think it's a false story of reality and it needs to be, to be counted with the true story of reality, a true understanding of who we are. And we need to keep that in mind. You know, we're, we're fallible human beings. Alistair Begg is a fallible human being yes. and he gave somebody some bad advice. Uh, unfortunate for him, his bad advice has, has more reach than, than mine because he has a bigger platform. But that gets back to like, what the heck is a platform anyway? And to be honest with you, Beg, I, I don't, and, and people are saying, oh, well, he's doubling down. Well, he's not doubling down. Doubling down means you're increasing to it, right? When you double down on a bet, you're adding, you're doubling your bet, right? That's not what he's doing. He's just saying, uh, I, I loved his response well, when people say, oh, well, you need to repent. He says, I repent every day. Yeah. I, I say things all the time. He says. I say things all the time. Yeah. But in this instance, I don't think I need to repent. And I, I'm fine with that. Like, that's like, okay, you're going to be mistaken and that's fine. Well, I, and this isn't a salvation issue. It's, it's just not. That's right. It's yeah. it's just not it's not it's not a foundational thing. It's not a foundational principle. It's not it's not a critical issue towards to Christianity. This is someone's advice on what they should do. It's not it's it's just not worth that level of attack. And and also I see what happens is is what's happening here with Beg is I feel like people are like heaping guilt and shame on him and and like from the Christian perspective and that's not what we're about. You know, the, the culture responds with guilt and shame, but Mm -hmm. Jesus responds with forgiveness and honor, right? It's Jesus, Jesus welcomes canceled people to himself, right? And, and this is the message that we should be showing to the culture. Yeah. Call, you know what? Alistair Begg is ruled by a group of elders, hopefully his church. Yep. He, he, it may be one of the elders. I don't know if he is or not, but he's got elders that oversee him. It's up to the elders to, to handle this situation. And like, I don't understand but but instead, what we want to do is we want to we want to, we want his head, we we want to pound the flesh. As, but that's not the Christian view. 
That's right. And and it, and it, in fact, that's the culture's view, and that's what's exhausting in the culture, and that's what the culture is eating itself. And as Christians, I think that we need to be better than that. We need to offer people a better view. You know, it's it's Jesus who transforms the the, the shame ridden identity of of you know the victims of cancel culture. You know, and that's what they're so desperate. That's what people are so desperately looking for now. And when we see this happen, yes, we disagree with somebody, but leave it at that. Like I literally have people on my social media threads and I don't go on that often, but I have in the last couple of days just to see this is all they're talking about. Yeah. In fact, I, I learned about this through social media. Like, yeah. I didn't even see it on the, on the news. You know, I listen to a lot of, uh, not a lot. I, I listen to, um, Dave Chappelle. Uh, he's a, he's a stand up comedian. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't recommend him because he's, he's real. I know it's like a sin, I guess, but it's, it's crass, <laughs> it's crass comic, uh, stand up comedy, but he's really smart. And in the closer in his last, uh, Netflix special in the closer, you, I really do highly recommend, especially last 40 minutes of that stand up routine, because there's a lot of insight there for us to glean. And he, he cancel culture came after him for something he yep. said, and we happen as Christians to agree with it. Yeah. He's standing up against kind of the, the LGBTQ sexual yep. revolution movement that's coming in. And he says, uh, he, he says in there, I'm not going to get it perfectly right, but he, Chappelle says at one point, he says, I guess, I guess people have been dragging me on Twitter, right? They turn to Twitter and they're typing all this bad stuff about him on the screens. And he says, I don't care because Twitter is not a real place. And I would remind Christians that Facebook and, and Twitter and uh, Instagram, these places aren't real. These are, these are illusions. They're curated portions of reality. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one thing to go on there and type all this bad stuff about somebody. And it's another thing to actually influence the culture for Christ. And I would encourage our listeners that, 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 to, to outgrow that, um, that, I guess, desire or need to be on social media and be heard. And, yeah. and the way that we do that is by tearing each other apart. That's, well, that's the easy way. That's the easy way, but it's also the temporal way. Yep. It's going to come and go. This story with Alistair Begg is going to go no matter what happens to him. Yeah. You know, like let's focus on things that are, that are long lasting, which is why I, I've actually promised myself after tonight, I'm, I'm actually writing an article about this, but then after that, I'm done commenting on it because, and that's why I don't go on social media because, because more and more guys, people are searching for, for a rehabilitated identity in this culture. That's what they need. And, and cancel culture is, is uh, it's incapable of giving that to them, but Jesus can, it's, it's, it's Jesus who, who, uh, who we point it's to Jesus that we point the victims of cancel culture. But what do we do when, when the church buys into that cancel culture, where are we going to point people? Well, yeah. You know, so just, I think we lose our standing in the community. Yeah. I think so. Well, we just become more of the community. Yeah. You know, we should look different. We should stand out. And part of looking different and part of standing out is how do we handle people in our fold with whom we disagree? Are we going to try to cancel them, shut them up, or are we going to lovingly confront the issue, say, you know what, I, I, I beg to differ, I disagree, but we're brothers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think he's going to hear the words from Jesus, well done, good, faithful servant at the end of days. Yep. And that's our goal. So I'm glad we solved this issue. Yep. One more issue solved. That's right. Check. Check. Save the world once again. Eric and John, superheroes. An hour gone. Yep. All right, guys. Hey, this is apologetics.com radio, and uh, this is John and Eric, and we are so grateful for you guys. And uh, we will talk to you soon next week. Have a good week. Bye bye.